In this cozy episode, I'm going to share with you four underrated tips to learn how to use sass and humor to set boundaries with your depression, find the momentum to accomplish overwhelming day-to-day tasks, and invest in your healing and happiness. So if you're struggling a bit with your depression lately and looking for new strategies, a new perspective from someone like me, a black woman who's navigated the depressive episodes of bipolar disorder for most of my existence, or maybe just need a smile, come relax with me and keep listening. Good morning, y buenos días. Welcome to The Noggin Podcast, a cozy mental health advocacy podcast with me, Kiara Kio. It genuinely means so much to me that you're here, so thank you. On this podcast, we cultivate a gentle space advocating for diverse mental health dialogue in the community for people of color, educating about marginalized mental illnesses, sharing empowering resources for recovery, and providing the occasional sprinkling of zest through sarcasm and shenanigans. So if that's what you're looking for, welcome home. It's Kiara. Today has been a day. It's actually the perfect day to record an episode about how to sass your depression and put it in its place so you can thrive because depression was quite bold with me today. It really had the audacity to try to come disturb my peace and try to squash my greatness to convince me that I couldn't record this episode for you, but here we are because depression is stubborn, but I come from a long lineage of knuckleheaded, resilient individuals, so two can play that game. Since you're listening to this, I'm guessing depression has been bold in disrespecting you as well. I'm glad you're here because we're going to address that nonsense today. You've probably heard the saying that if you give some people an inch, they'll take a mile. Well, I believe if you give depression an inch, it can take your life. And I envision depression as a housemate or a roommate, except a housemate that would be brazen enough to try to boss you around, bully you, and berate you in your own home. And they have dusty, ashy elbows, and they don't even pay rent. So if you think of it that way, it becomes clearly unacceptable to imagine this. So I had to learn to set boundaries with my own depression as if it was a manifestation of that description. And regardless of whether you have major depression or the depressive episodes of bipolar disorder, these tips will still apply. I'm creating this because although I've never said it bluntly on this podcast, which I realized is a disservice that I need to change, I have lived with bipolar disorder along with a lovely combination of other mental health struggles for as long as I can remember, formally diagnosed about five years ago, and I've worked genuinely so hard to progress in my healing and to be who I am today. I also happen to be a black woman with bipolar disorder, which means it was and remains rare to find helpful, relatable bipolar representation on the internet for someone who looks like me, and consequently I suffered through the debilitating depressive episodes of my bipolar for a decade because I didn't know certain advice, I didn't know certain resources, and I didn't see an example of someone who had my mescla of diagnoses or the severity of my depression who made it out alive. So as you can imagine, that was not so 
great for my morale but my goal with this episode per usual is to share with you the things that no one ever told me in this case how to not let your depression disrespect you and walk all over you the way i did for years so that you can cultivate your happiness this episode will be explored in four segments and you can find the topic outline or timestamps below in the description let me be clear though these tips definitely do not replace professional help whatsoever these are habits that may immensely help as day-to-day gentle practices for healing during the process of seeking help in combination with therapy or support groups or afterwards to maintain your mental health if you feel like depression is hindering your ability to function with eating sleep hygiene or you're struggling with work school and your relationships i gently encourage you to please look for support because affordable or even free mental health resources do exist and because i think it's a bit unhelpful when people say that there are resources but then don't suggest examples of said resources please take a little peek at the description box below there's links to affordable therapy such as inclusivetherapist.com therapyforblackmen.org which has a financial aid option i've added links to thoughtful information if you're looking to learn more about bipolar disorder and link my favorite uplifting twitter for bipolar community and resources that i value which is the lovely at bipolar club i would also be so happy if you're listening to my voice right now if you could come say hey to me on my new zesty twitter at noggin underscore podcast and the link is in the description let me know your valuable takeaways from this episode once you finish it i'm actively sharing gentle reminders empowering resources and cute little cartoon plant puns to make you smile so come explore and say hey i invested years and years of my life into the work of finding the right tools to make me feel better which required experimenting with everything that my different therapists psychiatrists mum local herbalist and webmd uh told me to try so i'm not new to this after one decade of experimenting i found that most of the solutions everyone said would help my depression did not help at all or made me feel worse and a few simple solutions that don't work for everyone ended up saving my life so different things work for different people and i'll do a a separate episode detailing that soon so tip number one let's start with the foundational attitude that i find necessary to manage my depression essentially i had to learn that when my depression is being disrespectful it helps to talk back to it in in a way that mocks it or challenges it or even roasts it and you know the energy some of some people have on social media to sass and roast random human beings on the internet that are acting foolish well you have to maintain that same energy when it comes to your depression acting foolish i don't have a name for my depression but i'm trying to decide on one because i think it would ease some of the weight i know some people do name their depression as a joke and that helps them find humor because they can say like margaret has an attitude today and she's trying to keep me from my greatness or like i don't know walter keeps getting on my nerves so i think i need to schedule my next therapy session because he's got to go I don't know comment below let me know if your depression has a name and if it doesn't have one yet what's a potential name that you would consider it could be a fictional cartoon or movie character i'm trying to think of the grumpiest sounding name i could come up with maybe in the next episode i'll have one to share with you but the point is when that harsh self-critical voice starts to tell me that i'm not loved i can't do this life is hard and i won't heal and things aren't going to get better and I can't accomplish this and I failed and all of that classic nonsense when it tries to make me feel hopeless essentially 
I learned to shut that down by responding with sass. So, for example, if my sad boy brain is like, why do you why do you even keep trying to get better? Why why do you even bother? I reply, why don't you just mind your business? Hmm? <laughs> and when my depression says no one loves you and no one cares, I'm like, well, that's funny because I just I must have missed the part where I asked for your opinion. And besides, someone sent me a cheeky meme an hour ago that had me wheezing, and that's the purest expression of love I can think of. So next and when my depression tries to make me feel guilty and tells me that I'm a terrible human being. I just sit there and I think to myself, well, if I was really as bad as you're making me out to be, which I'm not because I'm literally just sitting here trying to breathe and you're being rude, I think there would have been some divine intervention by now if I was really so awful. So until that occurs, leave me be. Thank you. Now, this is by no means easy. Trying to react in this way takes time and practice to learn. It may feel unnatural to talk back to those thoughts with any confidence or sass, and that makes sense because it's it's just like a bully or an abusive partner or a toxic friend who's been in your life talking nonsense and overstepping boundaries for way too long. But every time you stand up to that voice with sarcasm or humor and shut it down, like, mm, no thank you, it just gets a little easier each time and eventually you might even be able to make yourself laugh even on tough mental health days because you'll be able to recognize at least and and call out the lies that your depression tries to tell you while you gradually learn tools to continue healing for the noggin nurturing segment tradition here on this podcast where we pause to do one thing to invest in ourselves because i believe that much like plants we need gentle nurturing and nourishment i challenge you to match the bold energy of that little voice of depression at least once today. Don't let it come into your home or your mind with that disrespect, and maybe come up with an amusing name so that it's easier to roast. That's my challenge to you today. By the way, if you're enjoying this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you could take two seconds really quick to share this link with someone you love, someone you think needs to hear this message, and if you'd like to support me further in creating more cozy, empowering mental health advocacy content for you, you can also become one of my lovely Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash the noggin podcast. Thank you so much, muchísimas gracias. Okay. Tip number two is all about establishing non-negotiable boundaries to maintain a baseline for your mental health and self-care. The idea here is that with these non-negotiables in place, even on the worst days, you can still feel proud of yourself and will have invested in your mental health in some way, no matter how small. You can put these in a note that pops up on your phone alarm in the morning, record yourself a voice note that plays when you wake up, you could write these in a daily journal next to your bed for you to check off or on a mini whiteboard in your room, whatever works for you. A few examples of my self-care non-negotiables that I need to do to feel okay and feel proud of myself would be always opening my blinds to let in light first thing in the morning so that I can photosynthesize like a little plant that I am. I have to take my CBD immediately when I wake up. I maintain a regular wake time even if I stayed up late. I have to make my bed up every single day, even if I don't find the energy to make the bed until 3 p.m. and I get right back into it, I still have to make the bed. That's that's the rule. It's the depression non-negotiable. Neat sheets and fluffed pillows just make me feel really good. And basic hygiene to feel clean and smell good is also non-negotiable for my mental health because it's probably the most influential factor in my mood. I understand it can be extremely difficult if you're in a really deep depression. I have to hold this as a firm boundary because I know that if I let it slip for even a day or give depression an inch of room, it's 
just so easy to spiral so i'm very strict about this i also put on a fragrance every day even if i'm not leaving the house because my mood is highly impacted by uplifting scents and it helps me feel put together even if i'm not I also have to eat at least one meal every day, even if my mind tries to convince me that I don't need it or that I don't deserve it because your brain can't work or help you feel better if it has no fuel. And the last example I'd give is I always write down what I've accomplished during the day that I feel happy about, even if it's something that feels silly like brushing my teeth or washing one fork in the sink, because it's not actually silly. It does matter. It's, it's a positive action. It's progress. And I encourage you to create these firm self-care boundaries for your depression that you can hold yourself accountable to on the most difficult days. Pick tasks that are simple yet impactful and that you can personally feel proud of. Be sure to write them down, record that voice note, or set the alarms with reminders like I mentioned. And also reevaluate non-negotiable boundaries you may already have to see if you can challenge yourself to add in something that would elevate your self-care and help you invest deeper into your own happiness. The third tip, which I'll call the plus one strategy, is a trick I use almost every day and it's incredibly helpful once you get into the groove with your non-negotiable boundaries we discussed before. It's essentially upselling, but to yourself. You know when you buy a sandwich and they try to sell you a drink or um, some galletitas on the side, some cookies to finagle you into spending more money? Well, it's the same concept. Every time I do one self-care act, I add in a small additional self-care act that's the plus one. The key though, very important, is that the plus one needs to be so easy and so convenient that it doesn't take much convincing to add it in, just like with real business upselling. For example, if your original task was to lotion your ashy toes, then the plus one self-care could be to put on lip balm so your lips are luscious and thriving as well. If your original task was to get your phone charger from across your room, the plus one task is to pick up a lonely sock that is along the path and that needs to go into the laundry basket, but maybe you've been procrastinating it. You can use the same method for more elaborate tasks like studying, working on passion projects, or professional goals as well. Usually when I do a simple plus one, it encourages me to continue and turns into plus two, three, four, or five, and before I know it, I've accomplished several little victories and got the most bang for my buck without overthinking. The very last tip I'll share with you today is a simple but definitely one of those easier said than done strategies that requires us to be patient and continue practicing, but it's so worth it. The strategy is called opposite action. I'll spare you the dry, lengthy explanation and link a more detailed scientific explanation below if you're interested, but to summarize in a few seconds, opposite action means you actively choose to do the exact opposite behavior that your emotions are trying to influence you to do. The way I see it is, if my depression is trying to convince me not to do something, 99.9% .9 of the time it is exactly the self-care that I need to be doing. When our depression tries to tell us, don't get out of bed, don't reach out to your friends for help, don't seek therapy because it's not going to help, don't take a shower, it's too much effort, and don't eat, these are all the kind gifts to ourselves that are most important. We need these things. The minute my depression says not to do one of those, it immediately becomes the mission critical task that I know I need to pour my energy and focus into. Why? Because I understand that if I overcome that first barrier, the rest of the day will flow a bit easier. Opposite action is a strategy from dialectical behavior therapy, or DBT, which is an evidence-based treatment you may have already heard of or tried yourself, and it focuses on mindfulness, acceptance, and emotional regulation. I've been using this for years and actually didn't know that it had a formal name 
as opposite action and that it was part of an evidence-based treatment. I personally used it to motivate myself to accomplish tasks that I may find overwhelming. The minute my depression tries to convince me to stay in bed for another hour or all day. I take that as a signal that I need to get out of bed as fast as possible. It doesn't matter if I have to put on the most trash music to dance my way out of bed, if I have to use momentum to physically heave-ho myself out of bed, if I have to use the reward of eating mochi for breakfast to get me out of bed, it, it doesn't matter. All that matters is that I do the one thing that my depression wants me to fail at because if I lay in that bed, the way my depression wants me to, the sad boy wave will obliterate me. I know this for a fact. The faster you do the opposite action, the better, because if you do it fast enough, your brain doesn't even have time to come up with more excuses. It can help immensely with practice, and it feels so lovely every time you earn a little victory. Please know that sometimes you can do everything right, and it still is a sad boy day, and that doesn't mean that you failed or that those strategies will never help you. It just means that they didn't help enough in the way that you needed that particular day, but it might help tomorrow, or adding something new into that combination might help tomorrow. Learning to live and thrive with chronic depression or bipolar takes extensive experimenting to find the combination of tools that will help you feel happiness and balance. Please know that even though I may not know you and I'm a random fellow human on the internet, I still genuinely care about you. And I'm proud of you because I understand how difficult, how exhausting it can be to live, period, and live with depression or bipolar disorder. So I just want you to know that. I say this a lot on this podcast because I really do believe it. Life has a funny way of working out just when you least expect it, just when you are sick and tired of being sick and tired and you're ready to give up. Life is funny. It's unpredictable. It keeps you on your toes. It's, uh, it's an adventure. And I know it's so hard. It's so hard. But sometimes you have to have a little trust, a little faith, even if just for one more day. Okay? Keep advocating for yourself and I'll keep advocating for you as well, for all of us. I hope these tips might offer you a new perspective or a gentle reminder, and I encourage you to check the resources in the description and explore my other cozy mental health episodes for more information, low cost or free resources, and so on. Next week's planned episode will be extra cozy, so it would be an excellent idea to subscribe to the Noggin Podcast YouTube channel or follow me on my brand spanking new Twitter at noggin underscore podcast so you can enjoy the next episode for your monday morning if you enjoyed and valued this cozy episode and would love to support me in creating more empowering mental health content please share this episode link to someone you care about and you can also support me by becoming one of my lovely supporters at patreon.com slash the noggin podcast or anchor.fm slash the noggin podcast slash support. The very last thing, if you already know me, you can skip these 40 seconds and just head towards the end of this episode. But if you're new here and you've never stumbled across me before, pleasure to meet you. Again, my name is Kiara Kiel. Aside from being the host of this podcast, I'm a four-time published author, soon to publish my fifth in a few months. I was a healthy lifestyle blogger for six years, and I'm an aspiring polyglot currently learning four languages. I was a mental health ambassador working as a liaison between the community and my local health center to educate, support, and progress the mental health dialogue. 
and I've been navigating the mental health system for about a decade now. I'm deeply passionate about mental health service and advocacy because I believe that no one deserves to be hurting or feeling alone in this universe. So I hope that my zest and compassionate podcast will cheer you along on your good days and offer a cozy and supportive haven for you on your more difficult days. The Noggin Podcast is brought to you today by Anchor, a practical app I actually use. The Anchor app is the easiest way to record a high-quality podcast and distribute it everywhere, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, and more, all in one place with one click when you release a new episode. So no fancy equipment or experience necessary. And even better than all of that, it's 100% free. I've tried a few other editing apps that make it a headache to import and export your audio files, but Anchor's intuitive platform makes it nice and easy. If you made it here to the conclusion of this episode, I just want to say thank you so much y muchísimas gracias. If you're interested in learning more information, you can explore the Noggin Podcast official website and you can show your love and support for compassionate mental health advocacy on our Patreon, as well as following us on Pinterest and the Noggin Podcast YouTube channel to be a part of our cozy home with new episode releases every Monday morning. See you in the next episode. Nos vemos en el próximo episodio.